At the very beginning of our book, at the beginning of our prayer, we find an expression of gratitude. We find the expression of Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. And it's worth noting that when a person finishes one recitation of the Qur'an and then they start another, when a person begins their prayer and they start with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, they're saying that regardless of the ups or downs that they're going through. If they're committed to that consistent practice of going through the Qur'an as best they can, whatever pace works for them, it's not a race. The intention is to benefit, absorb, process, reflect. It's better to take one ayah and practice it than to read the whole Qur'an and then it doesn't change anything within you and you don't do anything because of it. But if someone goes through the Qur'an and then they start another another khatm, another khatma, then they're going to repeatedly begin with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. They may have gotten some really good news, they may be going through a difficult time in their lives. But they continue to say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. A person may be going through whatever ups and whatever downs that this life has to offer. 
They continue to begin their prayer with Alhamdulillahirrahmanirrahim. All praise and thanks are due to Allah, the creator of the universe, the caretaker of all of creation. The one who takes care of us in ways that we realize and in many more ways that we don't. The one who has given us blessings that we realize and many other blessings that we don't. Of these blessings, the three blessings that we find most commonly braided together in the Qur'an have to do with things related to the individual, blessings related to the individual. What are these three things Allah mentions in different places in the Qur'an? Allah ties them together. Allah mentions these incredible blessings that generally He's given to people. There are some exceptions where someone may not be able to hear, but if Allah takes one thing away, then He makes up for it in other ways. If someone is blind, their hearing is going to be very precise. If Allah takes something from here, then Allah will, will make up for it, so to speak, in other ways, in other places. Allah mentions this ability to hear, this ability to see, and this ability to reflect the intellect, to feel, to think. It's interesting in the Qur'an, Allah mentions thinking, reflecting, the aql, in connection with the heart. Allah mentions, do they not have hearts that they reflect with, that they think with? These three things, time and time again, Allah mentions them together. Perhaps the most famous reference in Surah Al-Mulk, in Surah Tabarak, Allah mentions after this phrase, that He's the one who created us and He gave us a sam'a wa al What does He say immediately following that? Qalila ma tashkurun. Qalila ma tashkurun. Very few people are actually grateful for these things. If someone has the ability to see, take a step back and think just for a moment, what would your life be like without this ability to see? If your vision was suddenly taken from you, may Allah protect all of us from that, what would you be willing to give to get it back? How much is that worth to you? The same goes for the ability to hear. The same goes for the heart, the same goes for the intellect. Allah has given us these things so we can use them in ways to show our expressions of gratitude to Him, to show Him our gratitude. What does that mean? It's not just about saying Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, which is important, we've already established that, but also living Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen especially in connection with these different blessings that Allah has given us. How can I use my ears in ways to bring me closer to Allah? How can I use my eyes in ways to bring me closer to Allah? How can I use my heart in ways to bring me closer to Allah? How can I take that next baby step of using this blessing Allah has given me to come closer to Him? It doesn't have to be something huge. It doesn't have to be, you know, this magnificent, giant good deed. If someone can do that, wonderful. But what's something small that I can do, ideally consistently, to use this blessing in ways to bring me closer to Him? That's how I show Him my gratitude. 
On one hand, yes, I say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. I thank Allah for the blessings that He's given me, especially including these. But let me take it further than words. Let me let, me let that statement manifest with my hands, with my actions, with my strength, with my time, with my wealth, with whatever Allah has given me. How can I use that to show my gratitude to Him? Because without Him, I wouldn't have that blessing in the first place. Sometimes we get it twisted. Sometimes we think to ourselves that I've done this and this and this, therefore I'm deserving of this, that, and the other. We put in the effort because we have to, because we're supposed to. We're showing Allah that we care, that we're trying, we're doing what we can. But if we're not careful, then we can mess up our priorities. Look at the end of Surah Al-Hashr. In these three ayat, Allah mentions that this is the, the most dense cluster of Allah's names in the Qur'an. Until the end of the surah. These are those ayat where many of His names are mentioned. In connection with Allah's names, let me try to live them in my way, in my limited capacity, to show him that I'm grateful for the knowledge he's given me of his names. For example, Allah is As-Sami'ah, Allah is the All-Hearing. So first of all, that means Allah hears me and everything I say or do. But then how can I use my hearing as a person of God? How can I use my vision? Allah is Al-Basir, Allah sees everything, Allah is the All-Seeing. So let me reflect that Allah sees me whatever I say or do. But how can I use my vision in connection with that belief? It's supposed to inspire me to want to do something. When we look at the blessings Allah has given us, we need to take a step back, think and reflect. What has Allah given me? What good is in that? Maybe what has Allah not given me? What good is in that? We're reminded every time we pray, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, we thank Allah, we thank Allah, we thank Allah. We're supposed to, that's good. That does have an impact on the psyche. It does have an impact on someone. They're going through a difficult time, yet they still manage to say Alhamdulillah. That impacts them as well as those around them. How many of us have, have seen different things or, or heard different things in connection with this catastrophic earthquake that has happened in Turkey and Syria? We ask Allah, to, for those who have passed away, we ask Allah to forgive them and have mercy on them. And for those who have survived and are in need of aid, we ask Allah to help them. And we ask Allah to help us to help them as an expression of gratitude for whatever Allah has given us. Let us live our deen as best we can. Let us take the theory and put it into practice as best we can. If I'm thankful for the health that Allah has given me, one of the best ways I can express that gratitude to Him, how can I help other people with their health? If I'm thankful for the education Allah has given me, the opportunities Allah has given me, the wealth Allah has given me, whatever it may be, how can I take a little bit of that, some of it within my capacity, and use it and give it, no strings attached, just for the sake of helping people because they need help? You find these different stories of people, you know, rubble's being pulled off of them. And they're saying, Alhamdulillah. 
They're saying Allahu Akbar. They're in such a difficult situation, yet you find them thanking Allah. This is a, a, a very deep point worth reflecting on for all of us. How many people are going through whatever catastrophes, difficulties, we ask Allah to make it easy for them, and we ask Allah to help them, and to help us to help them as best we can within our means, within our capacity. Anything that we have, it's not from us. We put in the work because we have to. We take the asbab because we have to. We, 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 we knock on these doors because we have to, but as believers, we understand that we're not the ones opening these doors. We're, we're, we're not the ones making things happen behind the scenes. We do what we can because that's our job. We have to do that. But Allah knows what's in store. So out of an expression of gratitude by showing Allah, by thanking Allah, in connection with these blessings He's given us, the niyyah, the intention should be for Allah to protect those blessings Allah has given us because we're showing gratitude. If you want to protect the wealth that you have, give sadaqah. It's ironic, in the Western mentality, it doesn't make sense. You're going to give charity to protect your money? To end up with more money in the long run? To be happier? To have more contentment? From the Islamic perspective, yes, absolutely, of course. From one paradigm, someone may say, if God exists, if God is merciful, then how could this happen, how could that happen? And you find them bitter and angry, yet you find those in the thick of things, thanking Allah, turning to Allah, and expressing their gratitude to Him. So at the end of the day, who's in a happier state? Obviously there are difficulties, and that's why our job is, if we have these blessings, what can we do to help them? Because there has to be a meeting in the middle. But the point is, when a person has iman, it changes everything. It changes your perspective, it changes your paradigm, it changes how you see good things in your life, as well as bad things in your life. There's always this bigger picture in mind. There's always the, this depth of vision. You know, if you cover one of your eyes, it, it significantly impacts your depth perception. So if someone throws a football at you, or a baseball at you, for example, you definitely don't want to have one of your eyes covered. I know it's a silly example, but the point is, if you can't gauge and judge how far away that is and how fast it's coming at you, it becomes challenging to function. Let us reflect on this blessing that Allah has given us. Allah has given us two ears and one tongue, two eyes and one tongue. And that tongue is behind two lips and how many teeth? Yeah, you find the Prophet saying والسلام, that, that your tongue can make or break your akhirah. Your tongue can make or break your hereafter. If you look at the hadith, the conversation the Prophet has with Mu'adh ibn Jabal, who the Prophet described that he is the most knowledgeable from my companions regarding halal and haram, regarding what's permissible and what's forbidden. And within the context of that hadith, you find Mu'adh asking the Prophet, are our words from our actions? And the Prophet says, of course. Is there anything that will lead to people being thrown in the fire more so than, than the tongue? 
We ask Allah to forgive us and pardon us. We ask Allah for well-being in this life and the next. The point is, let us reflect internally. Let us think, what are the blessings Allah has given me? How can I use them to come closer to Him? Allah has given me two eyes. These two eyes give me depth perception. Yes, there's a time and a place, no question. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا You have to always tag on حَسَنًا because in the ayah right before this, Allah heavily criticizes people. They say, dunya." They don't care about hasanah. They don't care about if something's acceptable or permissible or not. They don't care if they, if they harm people in the process of getting that dunya. They don't care about people's rights. They don't, they don't care about any of that. They don't care about their responsibilities. None of that matters. They just have greed. Unchecked greed. The ironic thing is, is they're asking Allah to validate their greed. So technically they're saying Rabbana, but didn't Shaitan also say Rabbi? قَالَ رَبِّ فَأَنظِرْنِي إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ يُبْعَثُونَ قَالَ فَإِنَّكَ مِنَ الْمُنظَرِينَ إِلَىٰ يَوْمِ الْوَقْتِ الْمَعْنُونَ قَالَ فَبِعِزَّتِكَ لَأُغْوِيَنَّهُمْ أَجْمَعِينَ He knew that Allah is his Lord. He knew that Allah created him, he knew that Allah was one, and paradise is real, and hellfire is real, judgment day is real. All of that information, all of that knowledge did him nothing. The knowledge has to be put into practice, even if it's a little bit. It doesn't have to be an overwhelming amount. But how can I use what Allah has given me in ways to come closer to Him? When was the last time I used my ears to actively listen to someone who may be going through a difficult time? When was the last time I used my eyes to look for the good in people? Not to look for bad, to criticize and nitpick at this tiny thing and that tiny thing. When was the last time I did something sincerely from my heart with no strings attached? That's the manifestation of believing in Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. When the theory turns into practice, when the knowledge, it, it impacts a person. What are we asked about before anyone moves on Judgment Day? It's not just about your knowledge. What did you do with it? One of the questions. Before your feet move. It's not just, so if someone says that I had all of this knowledge, even knowledge regarding deen, what did you do with it? How did it impact your character? How did you treat those who you had nothing to gain from? Okay, someone may show respect to the CEO. How do you treat the custodian? How do you treat the person cleaning the windows? Our Nabi wasallam taught us that you treat people with dignity and respect because Allah is the one who made them dignified in the first place. وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي Adam. Allah uses the royal we. And Allah says, as a preface, there is no doubt whatsoever that we have honored the children of Adam. We have honored human beings. Here Allah didn't specify their race, their color, their... If you're a human being, Allah has honored you. Period. How are we responding to the honor that Allah has given us? What are we doing within our capacity? No one is saying to do too much. Within our lane, if someone is an expert in whatever field, how can you use that to bring you closer to Allah? Can you take a portion of that expertise and use it to benefit the community? 
to benefit those in need in the community. Pro bono. It can't be too much, but we also don't want it to be too little. It needs to be right in the middle. Now when we think about the blessings Allah has given us, our ears, our eyes, our hearts, and we connect it with Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, it becomes an active dynamic in relationship. It's not passive. It's not, okay, Allah has given me these things and life goes on and I just want to do this thing for fun and that thing for fun. Yeah, there's a time and a place for fun, but if your whole life revolves around entertainment and one distraction after another, naturally, you're going to end up with this giant gaping hole in your heart. Something massive is missing. Dhikrullah, the remembrance of Allah, your connection with Allah. Dhikr is so powerful and beautiful because it's so easy and it's so effective. This is rahmah from Allah. It's so easy and it's so effective. So if someone, they find themselves stuck in traffic, on one hand you can complain and gripe and, okay, first of all, is that going to change the traffic? No, it's frustrating, we understand that. Is it going to change anything? No. Okay, how can I utilize this time? You know what, I haven't connected with my word of Qur'an for the day. You know, I still have a few ayahs left from my portion of Qur'an for the day. I have a few pages left from my Qur'an for the day. Let me finish that one lecture that I started. You know what, I started my morning adhkar at home. Life happens, especially when you have kids. On the way to work, there's a little bit of traffic. Oh, you know what, I, I never finished. How far did I get? Okay, let me pick up from there. And they repurpose the time. Living, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, is the idea, is the intention. We ask Allah to make us from among the grateful. We ask Allah to make us from among those who thank Him and praise Him through both the ups and the downs. We ask Allah to make us from among those who live their generosity as best they can, who live their deen, their faith, their iman as best they can. And we ask Allah to forgive all of our mistakes. We ask Allah to accept our efforts and to gather all of us in Firdaus Abi Rabbil Alameen. Subhanahu Rabbika Rabbil Azati Amma Yasifun wa Salaam Al Mursalim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Please pass the donation boxes to the right. First, uh, inshallah, we are looking to bring our Quran program, which is currently online, back into the summer. So we need, inshallah, folks who can teach Quran, both men and women. If you are interested, please go downstairs to the office and just make yourself known and we'll follow up with you, inshallah. In addition, we are beginning to uh, explore a program, particularly for Afghani youth. So we're looking for youth workers, people who either do recreation or education, who speak Dari or Pashto. Also, please see downstairs in the office, inshallah. Uh, this coming weekend, uh, it's a big weekend in terms of sports. Uh, there's Super Bowl, of course, so we'll have a potluck here at the masjid at 3 o'clock. Uh, you're welcome to bring some food and we'll watch the game together. In addition, every second Sunday of the month, we have a brother's breakfast at the stop of Fajr. So, inshallah, at 6.15, we'll pray Fajr, and after that, we'll have a potluck course, and you're welcome to join us, inshallah. Uh, lastly, we have Islam Foundation, Imam Balaam, Dr. Ben Gurur are here, inshallah, raising money for Syria and Turkey. Uh, as you know, there was an earthquake there that devastated a lot of that community. Uh, with thoughts and prayers are with them, but we also want to send our resources.
and share of the provision that we receive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So downstairs is a table set up for that. So inshallah, please visit the table. The more we connect with this concept of gratitude, the more we connect with Allah's names, especially names that we find that inspire us through whatever ups or downs we may be going through. Someone may be going through a very good time in their lives, and they find themselves living the ayah, Call upon Allah, call upon Ar-Rahman, call upon Him by any of His beautiful names. So when times are good, they may find themselves calling out more to Ash-Shakur, Ash-Shakir, Wa-Kan-Allahu Shakiran Alim. They may find themselves calling out more to Allah in connection with specific names that they can they can connect with based on those circumstances by calling out to Allah the most appreciative, the one who, who appreciates every effort, big or small. So out of gratitude, they may find themselves calling out to Allah in connection with that name. Maybe someone, they just received the blessing of a baby. They may find themselves calling out to Ar-Razaq, Al-Wahhab, the one who provides, the one who bestows gifts on his creation. Someone may be going through a difficult time. They may find themselves calling out to Allah, Ya Mujib, the one who responds. They may find themselves calling out to Allah, Ya Fattah, the one who opens things, the opener. By connecting with Allah's names through the ups and the downs, our relationship will naturally and organically deepen with Him. We'll find ourselves tasting the sweetness of Iman more and more. We'll find ourselves gravitating more towards good things and further and further from things that we know are bad for us, but the struggle's real at times. But through this connection with dua and dhikr, any good deed, a person will find themselves inching in the right direction. And if we're not careful, then we may confuse things and we may switch what is a priority with what's not a priority. We may switch the me with the he. Look at the end of Surah Al-Hashr. It's all about who he is, who Allah. He is Allah. There's no God except him, the gracious, the merciful. It goes back to Allah. It goes back to Him. It's not about me. It's not about the nafs. 
The nafs wants itself to become the priority. The ego wants itself to become the priority. And there are different examples that Allah gives us in the Qur'an so we learn what not to do. What was the attitude of shaitan? It's all about me. خَلَقْتَنِي مِنْ نَارٍ وَخَلَقْتَهُ مِنْ تِينٍ You created me from fire, you created him from clay. You notice something, whenever this, that story is mentioned in the Qur'an, Iblis always mentions himself first. All the different references we find in the Qur'an, he always mentions, I'm created from this, he's created from that. So he's making it more about himself, what he wants than what Allah wants. His ego became the priority. Same thing with Fir'aun. Look at my kingdom. It's all about me. All eyes on me. What about the attitude of Qarun? Some scholars, they say that Qarun was, was cousins with Prophet Musa He fell into the same trap. Sorry, that's Fir'aun. Qarun, uh, he was saying that I have all of this wealth. I have all of this wealth because of me, because of my knowledge. Now, is knowledge important in our deen in and of itself? Yes, particularly beneficial knowledge. But the, the effort that the believer puts in is supposed to lead to confidence, not arrogance. Yes, the effort is put in to grow the company, the effort is put in towards education, the effort is put in regarding A, B, or C. And if it comes to fruition, alhamdulillah. And even after putting in the effort, maybe Allah guides you in a slightly different direction, alhamdulillah. And then how many times later on we look back and we say, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. It was impossible for me to see it at the time, but Allah protected me from all these different things I had no idea regarding. Allah knows what He's doing. God doesn't miss. When we give sadaqah, when we give charity, Allah gives us much more in return than what we give. Allah mentions in Surah Furqan the ideal balance. It's not about giving too much, it's not about giving too little, but what a person can. If it's small and consistent, that's good. If a person can give a lump sum because Allah just opened these amazing doors, that's good. The initial intention, when I reach out to Brother Abdul Qawwi, may Allah bless him and accept all of his efforts to preserve him and his loved ones, Amir Rabbil Alameen, several weeks ago, the intention was to come today, myself and Dr. Benhura, on behalf of Ihsan Foundation, to focus on Somalia drug relief. But then recently this earthquake happened. Dr. Ben Gurun and I, we had this discussion and we said, whatever, we have a table set up downstairs for Ihsan Foundation for West Africa. It's on the back, for West Africa. First of all, there are brothers and sisters in humanity, and on top of that, there are brothers and sisters in deen. So we made the decision to pivot today. Any amount, so there was going to be a helping hand table today, but then some, some hiccups came up and they couldn't get the materials that they needed. The plan A was Somali drought relief. And then plan B was, okay, they're gonna have a table there. 
Abdul Qawi mentioned that yesterday. Let's send everyone there. We don't want to raise anything for Somali Jar Malik. We'll focus the effort there. They had some hiccups, they couldn't make it. So now plan C is we have our table set up for Ihsan, but we have partners who are working on this earthquake actively through Hidayah Foundation. There are other organizations that Ihsan has partnered with several times in the past. So anything and everything that we raise today, cash, check, we have it set up in the square portal, there's an option that we made before Jum'ah for, for earthquake relief in Turkey and Syria. Anything given today to Ihsan is going there. We need your support in that regard. Let us show our gratitude to Allah. Whatever money Allah has given me, if I want to protect it, let me give some in sadaqah. If I have a little bit of money and I want it to grow, let me give a little bit in sadaqah. For the Prophet to say, and I'll conclude with this, for him to say with complete certainty that wealth never decreases from charity is a very powerful thing. Because, وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ He's not, these words are not from caprice. These words are not just, you know, they're not random, they're not haphazard. Who is he inspired by Allah Azza wa Jalla? So he's delivering that message, which was originally from Allah Azza wa Jalla. This is why the Qur'an and Sunnah, they're always interconnected. It all goes back to Allah. So for him to say this, now it's up to us to, to live our part, to do our part, to help our brothers and sisters in need. We ask Allah to help them, we ask Allah to help us to help, to help us to help them. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to polish our hearts, to clean our hearts, to purify our hearts. We ask Allah to allow us to reach the blessed month of Ramadan. Ramadan. We ask Allah to help us to live as best we can. We ask Allah to make us from among the grateful. We ask Allah to make us from among the few. We ask Allah to help us to give as best we can for His sake and for His sake alone. We ask Allah to help those in need everywhere in the world, especially those affected by this earthquake in Turkey and Syria. We ask Allah to send them aid. We ask Allah to send them abundant aid. And we ask Allah to use us to help them within our capacity as well. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنًا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنًا وَكِنْ عَذَابَ النَّارِ رَبَّنَا آتِنَا مِنْ لَدُنْكَ رَحْمًا وَهِيَ لَنَا مِنْ أَمْرِنَا رَشَدًا رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَافِذْنَا إِنْ نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا رَبَّنَا وَلَا تَحْمِلْ عَلَيْنَا إِسْرًا كَمَا حَمَلْتَهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِنَا رَبَّنَا وَلَا تُحَمِّلْنَا مَا لَا طَاقَةَ لَنَا بِهِ وَاعْفُ عَنَّا وَاغْفِرْ لَنَا وَارْحَمْنَا أَنْتَ مَوْلَانَا فَانْصُرْنَا عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ وَأَقِمِ الصَّلَاةَ